What's up, Dolphin fans? Welcome to an emergency episode of the same old Dolphin show. I'm Josh Katzker. With me, as always, is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, what's going on? Oh, it's an emergency. I can hear the sirens. Uh, you know, it's pandemonium. Flags it's are raining. being flown. People are, are freaking out. It's pandemonium. It's Our pets' heads are falling off. People, people are getting excited that we're about to see the best athlete ever in South Florida history to wear the number six. I mean, he has returned. It's he, it, the the king has returned. I, although I don't know if you can really say returned, but he's he's appearing onto the onto the scene. I don't, you know. And the other thing is, I don't even think we talked about him as a possibility. In the show that yes, we recorded, yes. yes, we did. We did. But real quick, are, are, is is he going to get on a stage with with Jay Ajayi and Indomitian Sue? And are they going to talk about not one, not two, not three, not four, not not, not five? one Super Bowl, not two Super Bowls? Yeah, that's what it's good. That's we're going to set up a stage on South Beach. And we're going to have Ndamukong Sue and Jay Ajayi and Jarvis Landry and the new starting quarterback for your Miami football Dolphins, Jay Cutler. Promising championships, baby. Here we go. Woo! I mean, Dolphins signed Jay Cutler today to a one-year, $10 million contract with incentives that could see it go all the way up to $13 million. Um... You know, when we recorded the show the other day, we were still waiting to hear what the MRI said about Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, it's kind of funny. And you even sort of mentioned it on on Twitter, Aaron. You said, you know, even when it comes to injury situations, the Dolphins get your hopes up first before they crush your dreams. Because when the prognosis came back on Thursday that... There appeared to be no structural damage to Ryan Tannehill's knee um, after the incident in training camp on Thursday. Uh, The initial reaction was one of huge relief and of celebration, and Dolphins Twitter was going crazy. They were uh, super excited that it sounded like everything was going to be okay, and all of the conversations about having to sign a quarterback uh, were were maybe a little bit premature and we weren't going to have to do it and everything was going to be all right. But then as sort of the day progressed and it went into evening and you got into Friday, uh, you know, word came out that while there was no structural damage, the Dolphins were going to be taking a very conservative approach and there were still questions about the sort of overall strength and durability of the knee and how the, uh, while there was no uh, ACL or PCL damage, that they might need to go ahead and operate on Tannehill's knee anyway just to make sure that it was okay for his long-term health or that there wasn't going to be some significant incident to come. So it went from being really, really happy to, oh, great, now we're depressed and we're back at the same place we were in the morning. And then it wasn't too long after that that really word began to to sort of leak out that, I guess it, it leak isn't the right word, but word really began to get out that the Dolphins were really looking at Jay Cutler as their 
top priority for bringing in a quarterback because the theme all all offseason for this Dolphins team had been this idea of continuity. And we want to make sure that this young team continues on the same sort of track that they've been on. And Ryan Tannehill was showing big signs of improvement and, and the coaching staff was very excited for him, expected a monster year out of him. And so there was this whole idea of continuity and the fear was that if Tannehill goes down and you bring in Matt Moore, a lot of the things that are in place as far as Adam Gase's offense, you're going to have to put a lot of that away because Matt Moore doesn't necessarily know that system as well. He doesn't have a lot of the same skills as Tannehill did. But there was this guy, Jay Cutler, who was essentially retired and set to uh, be a an analyst with Fox and Adam Gase gets on the phone with him and talks to him. And apparently Cutler was not really all that on board right away, but Gase was passionate about it and really wanted him to do it and really wouldn't take no for an answer. And then the organization, Stephen Ross, everybody sort of got on board and said, listen, if the coach wants this, we're going to completely support him. So everybody got behind him, and lo and behold, the news breaks here on Sunday afternoon that Jay Cutler is now a Miami Dolphin. And, you know, if they're paying him $10 million, you might think the idea is to... Uh, the idea might be to bring him in and, and let him compete with Matt Moore, but if they're paying him $10 million... My feeling is that he's probably the starting quarterback of this team. So, Brain, we've got Jay Cutler. Talk to us a little bit about uh, about this signing. Right, how do you feel about it? Clearly, the Dolphins are the favorites now in not just the AFC East, but and not just the AFC, but they are the favorites to take home the Lombardi Trophy. I mean, yeah, that's obviously the case, right? I mean... You bring okay. in, I mean, what a what a substantial upgrade. The sky's the limit with Jay Cutler. So here's the thing. Coming into this season, there was a lot of positivity about the Dolphins. If you were one of the Dolphins fans who felt really good about this team coming into the season, and you felt with Ryan Tannehill and Matt Moore as your number one and two quarterbacks on the depth chart, that the Dolphins were going to be a playoff team. You had to, at the very least, be dropped down a peg when Ryan Tannehill got hurt. Even if you are a believer in Matt Moore, and there are many, as I've seen on our Twitter account over the past several days that believe that Matt Moore was the better fit and still is the better fit to lead this team going forward into the 2017 season. Even still, with no backup quarterback and really nothing on his resume that would say that this is a guy that can lead a team into the playoffs over the course of a 16-game season, you couldn't feel great about your quarterback situation after Ryan Tannehill got hurt. Now, Jay Cutler comes in. Is Jay Cutler an upgrade? It's debatable. 
It's debatable whether he's an upgrade over Ryan Tannehill. Frankly, it's debatable whether he's an upgrade over Matt Moore. I tend to look at it and say that Matt Moore is a replacement level quarterback. I believe that Ryan Tannehill is one step above that. I believe that Jay Cutler is right on the same level as Ryan Tannehill. Now, here's the question. Jay Cutler is 34 years old. Jay Cutler is coming off of a season in which he threw, what, five touchdown passes? No, four touchdown passes and five interceptions. And had his season ended by season-ending shoulder surgery. So you have an age 34 quarterback who, granted, had some good years. And a couple of years ago, with Adam Gase as his offensive coordinator, he had his highest QB rating of his career. It was a very nice season. It wasn't a special season. It was 21 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. His team went 6-10. and 10. That's not to say that it was Jay Cutler's fault. That was a team that had not very good, not a very good defense. Um, it had an aging Matt Forte in the backfield. Alshon Jeffrey uh, was the number one receiver after Brandon Marshall had left. And Alshon Jeffrey always has a problem staying on the field. So that's not to say that it was Jay Cutler's fault that they went 6-10. and 10. It's just to point out the fact that... That no matter how good you think Jay Cutler was with Adam Gase as his offensive coordinator, he was nothing more than solid. He was not outstanding. He was not a pro bowler. He was just solid. And he had a very nice year um, in spite of a lot of turmoil around him on a not a very good team. Now. Matt Moore, we haven't really seen what he can do um, over the course of a 16-game season. We kind of saw a glimpse of it, a glimpse of it, what, like four or five years ago now? We're talking about, what, like 2011 when he when he took over for Chad Henney and started, I believe, 10 games and I think lost the first three and then really kind of came into his own. Let's not forget about his fantastic performance in the wild card round of the 2016 NFL playoffs. Well, let's not let's not just poo poo the fact that he did get the team there by them winning two of their last three games. And he played very well. That's true. The Dolphins. And and who were those and who were those victories over? Right. They were over Buffalo, the Jets. And, uh, yeah, Buffalo and the Jets. And then I guess you could give him credit for the, the game-winning drive against Arizona. Fair enough. The point, the point is this, is that even if you don't think that Jay Cutler is an upgrade over Tannehill, an upgrade over Matt Moore, even if you think he's on the same level as Matt Moore, he was – he was pretty much the best guy out there. And 
I know a lot of people are going to say, well, what about Colin Kaepernick? Because there's nobody, I mean, nobody's out there saying, oh, maybe Nick Foles or RG3 or, or AJ McCarron. Look, nobody's going to confuse Jay Cutler for, for that guy. Here's what I come down to. And I'm sure, I'm sure that part of the decision to not go after Colin Kaepernick has to do with politics um, and frankly, business, because a, a lot of owners around the league have just decided that I'm, I'm going to say I don't know that politics had a lot to do with it in the well, long term. I'm going to say that it 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 I'm going to assume that it played a part and I'm not saying that it was the main reason. But any decision to take on Colin Kaepernick comes with the the thought process of how is this going to go over? With the fan base, how is this going to go over with season ticket holders? You have season ticket holders threatening to cancel their season tickets if I, if I know that teams... all that stuff was going on. I know that right. that was all the stuff that was in the air. I just don't know based on everything that I have read about how the conversation and how everything went with Jay Cutler. It seemed as though when there was a they they sort of they talked they may have thrown these names out there, but I think ultimately what it came down to was Cutler is the guy that Gase felt most comfortable with. And as I said at the beginning of the show, continuity was the theme this season. And with a guy like Jay Cutler, you can take him and you can put him right into the system and he knows exactly how it runs. Yeah, there may be some little tweaks here or there, but this is a guy who knows this system, who it's who in five weeks, and as I said last week, yeah, five weeks is a great, you know, if if you need a if you need to bring in a new quarterback, uh, you might as well do it when you've got five weeks before your first game. But the difference of what they're gonna be able to accomplish in the five weeks between a guy like Colin Kaepernick or Christian Ponder, whose name was thrown out there, um, that those guys having to learn the system from scratch, what they're going to accomplish in those five weeks, compared to a guy like Jay Cutler, who Gase knows and is comfortable with, who knows the system, what he's going to accomplish in five weeks, when the, when the whole thing that they're stressing has been continuity, continuity, continuity... I think it was a pretty easy decision, and I really just don't. And, and not to downplay the po- the political side of it, but like so, like I saw somebody else say today out there was that if if you're gonna get mad about a team and politics, and this is not really where this conversation should go, but if the, if you're gonna get mad at a football team or an organization based on their politics and the way they dealt with Colin Kaepernick, the team to be upset with is the Baltimore Ravens. It's not the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins made their pick on for football reasons that's why they ended up with jay cutler yeah well i mean this this is where i'm getting i didn't mean to shift it there i only meant to touch on that as look when you're considering colin kaepernick that there's no way that that conversation doesn't come up it's just there's just no way that that doesn't come up in the conversation okay what it all what it comes back to this is what it comes back to look who knows the most about these quarterbacks? It's certainly, look, you could say uh, that I know a lot. You could say I know a little. Whatever your opinion is of me, I'm telling you, I know a fraction, <laughs> a fraction of as much as Adam Gase does about football and certainly about quarterbacks. 
and especially quarterbacks that he's coached. And, you know, and what I mentioned last uh, when we did the show uh, the other day was Adam Gase. When, when we talked about Kaepernick, we talked about how Adam Gase had interviewed for the job in San Francisco prior to taking the Dolphins job. And so Adam Gase was very familiar with Colin Kaepernick and, you know, part of the interview process for a head coach, especially a, a head coach who's being considered for his, you know, his status as an offensive coordinator or a quote unquote QB guru has to be to go in there and say, look, this is what my game plan is going to be. So we're talking about a guy who has already looked at all the film on on Colin Kaepernick, has created a game plan for Colin Kaepernick. We're talking about a guy who has coached Jay Cutler for an entire year, a guy who has coached Matt Moore for an entire year. Both guys have played under him. He knows these quarterbacks. And if he felt like Jay Cutler was the guy to go after, then really who are we? Yeah, I mean – like, we're just a couple of you're schnooks. Right. Yeah, you're right. We're, we're a couple of schmucks. Yeah, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the Cutler decision was made, and it's it was made because Gase feels that that's the right guy for his team. Exactly. And right. I, I didn't mean to intimate otherwise. No, I'm no, 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 no. I know, I know that you didn't. I was just, I was just, I, anyway, it's, it's beside the point. We got Jay Cutler now. Um, so you talked a little bit about 2015 Jay Cutler, which seems to be... You know, the the optimistic people out there, the optimistic uh, announcers, the analysts, the pundits, the prognosticators out there, they're all saying, look at 2015 and look at what Jay Cutler did with Alshon Jeffrey, with Brandon Marshall, with Martellus Bennett. I don't uh, think Brandon Marshall was on that team. Was that was that not a Brandon Marshall team? Okay. No. The, well, the prior year, 2014, he also had a good year, but that was prior to Adam Gase. Okay, that so, was when Gase was in uh, Denver. Well, either way. So with Alshon Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett, uh, Matt Forte, you could make the argument that – well, I, I, I mean, it's a pretty easy argument. I think right now Jay Cutler's got more talent around him offensively than the Bears did in 2015. Yeah, maybe. I think um, when you look at Landry, when you look at Stills, when you look at Julius Thomas, when you look at Jay Ajayi, there are parts there that are eh. comparable. I mean, yeah, I'm certainly not going to say... I, I don't know. I think you could make the argument I think that up-and-coming Jay Ajayi is, is better than where Matt Forte was in 2015. Not as a pass catcher. Not a, no, no, not as, a, not as a pass catcher out of the backfield. And but, I also think you need to... I, Look, Julius Thomas is, is a question mark. I mean, that's who true knows at this if point. he's going to be on the field? Right, and that is true. Also, it remains to be seen whether we're going to see this breakout from Devontae Parker that we're all looking for. Now, look, if everything breaks right, yeah, the Dolphins' offense looks great. If everything breaks right, the Dolphins, you know, could be contending for the AFC. But when's the last time everything broke right for the Miami Dolphins? I mean, maybe last year. <laughs> Last yeah. year, everything broke right, and we went ten and six. Right, and lost in the first round of the playoffs. Right, but at, at any rate, there is there is quality around Jay Cutler. 
It's not like Jay Cutler is coming into a, a rough situation. And, and, you know, and that's part of the reason that he was, I'm sure, part of the reason that he was, um, that he made the decision to come back was that there is talent here. And it is, you know, as I said today, that the, the situation for Jay Cutler is, I think, a, a no-lose situation for him. If he comes in and the team doesn't do very well and he doesn't do any very well, whatever. It was a one-year thing. He came in for one year and it's not like he was shopping himself around. Whereas if he comes in and he plays really well and the team wins 10 games, the team makes the playoffs, uh, you know, it's it's a rebirth for his career because, you know, he's 34 years old, which is is an older player. But, you know, there are players that have been around longer. The, uh, the, the example that a lot of people have used is the example of Carson Palmer and what happened in his career, how he went from wanting to retire to, you know, now he's, he's still in Arizona. Uh, you know, and he's 37 now. So there's, there's a chance that it all turns around for Jay Cutler, like I said. So I think it's a no-lose situation for him. Um, and I think it's a, it's a low risk scenario for the Dolphins. It's a low risk, high reward situation. Listen, I mean, if, if Jay Cutler turns out to not be a good deal, uh, and the team goes, I mean, the worst case scenario is the team goes eight and eight, right? You know, the team well, goes I, eight I and eight or nine and seven and, <laughs> and ends up with a low draft pick or something like that, but you know, doesn't make the playoffs. That's that's the worst case scenario, but I mean, it's a one year thing. And then the, really the biggest, the biggest question now is what do you do with Tannehill? Well, before we get to that, I just okay. want to finish my point. I'm sorry. I, I don't I keep think interrupting I, I don't you. think I finished it. You know, I think I got kind of sidetracked. We ended up talking about Kaepernick and then this whole decision to get Cutler. But my main point was no matter how you feel about Jay Cutler, whether you think he's an upgrade, a lateral move, you have to feel better that you have Jay Cutler and Matt Moore as your two quarterbacks than you did prior to them signing Jay Cutler. Because if the idea was to go in with Matt Moore as the starter and not bring in anybody to really compete for that starting job, then, you know, what happens if Matt Moore... I mean, let, let's not even say Matt Moore underperforms. Let's say Matt Moore gets hurt. You know, let's say you went out and you signed A.J. McCarron. You know, do you have very much confidence that you're going to not skip a beat with A.J. McCarron? Yeah. Well, you yeah. certainly don't feel as good with that as you would with a Jay Cutler. And That's the true. point is this. Even if you think that Jay Cutler is a lateral move from, from Ryan Tannehill. If you felt good coming into this season about having Ryan Tannehill as your starter and Matt Moore as your backup, you should feel, you know, even if you think Jay Cutler is slightly, you know, a step below Ryan Tannehill, you should still feel pretty much the same about this team going forward because this is still a team that is going to be run first. This is still a team that has good weapons, and this is still a team that if you felt good about them, you have faith that the defense will improve. And you're bringing in a guy like Jay Cutler, who is not being guaranteed the starting job, by the way. 
He is going to compete for it. And yes, you could say, well, they wouldn't pay him $10 million if they didn't expect him to be the starter. Yeah, that's that's true enough. But you also have to factor in that they had no leverage in that negotiation, because if they decide, oh, ten million dollars is is too steep to pay for Jay Cutler, then Jay Cutler would say, oh, well, then I'll just broadcast. So, it, yeah, they, they need look, him. you pay you pay what you have to pay, right? You, you pay what you have to pay to get him in the uniform, to get him on the field. And then once he's on the field, it's an open competition. And granted, if it's a tie between him and Matt Moore, then, yeah. Maybe the you tend to err on the side of we paid this guy ten million dollars, but I don't believe for a second that if they go, if he goes in there and stinks up the joint in practice and stinks up the joint in the preseason, and Matt Moore's in there and Matt Moore's playing better, and the players have the confidence of Matt Moore and the coaches have confidence in Matt Moore, that Adam Gase is going to say, well, we're paying this guy ten million dollars, so he's the starting quarterback. I don't for a second believe that. Oh, absolutely. And I would I would believe it it's it's probably very likely that we're going to see Matt Moore getting the first team reps at least for the first little stretch here. Um before they you know, before they you know, Jay Cutler will work his way up to wherever he gets, but when he can eventually get there or, or they start splitting reps or whatever it is. Uh I th- I fully expect it to be, you know, Matt Moore at least you know, for the first little bit, and then we'll see how it goes. Possibly, probably this first—I mean, their first game of train of of, uh, of the preseason is uh, what Thursday, and I would be—I would be stunned if Jay Cutler was out there starting that game on Thursday. I would think, you know, because the other aspect of it is there is this sort of locker room management aspect of it that they have to deal with. And if the players all have respect for Matt Moore and, you know, the locker room is all on Matt Moore's side, they're not going to respond well to somebody else just coming in, waltzing in from retirement and saying, hey, I'm the starting quarterback. And, you know, there there have been complaints that maybe uh, that Cutler is a little selfish and that he's a little self-righteous and that, you know, he's a little bit of a problem in the locker room. And I think all of that is going to come into play here and it's going to be really interesting to see how Gase plays it but he has to have a plan to have to have done this, to have gone after him as hard as he did that he was able to get him back into the NFL. Uh, I think Gase has to have a plan. But I want to shift gears here, Brain, because we want to talk about this Tannehill situation here before we go. So now you're Ryan Tannehill, and boy, are you in a tough spot here. There's, the, there's a possibility that as when you get this ACL tear in December of last season... The option is, well, you can we can play it conservatively and hopefully, you know, you'll be all right. And if the team does well, you'll be able to get in and play a little bit in the postseason. Uh, but, you know, the other option is just get the sur- surgery and you'll be, you know, you'll be in much better shape. But you might miss a little bit of, of training camp next season. Well, he, he go the conservative route trying to do the treatment and the rehab without doing the surgery, with the hope that his knee would be strong enough, and if necessary, he may be able to come back and play in a postseason game. And that doesn't work out that way. So he comes into training camp, he does a whole offseason program, and, you know, rehabbed it, rehabbed it, rehabbed it. And uh, by all accounts, he had looked really good, but then it took one little moment where his knee went the wrong way, and suddenly it was this scare. 
And now they're looking at the situation of, well, we've got to protect your long-term future, not just necessarily with the Dolphins, but in the NFL. And in order to do that, we may need to, we may need to operate. And so that's where we're at right now with Ryan Tannehill. He's going to be missing time. We know that. It's going to be a significant amount of time. But the problem here is that he is a huge salary cap hit for the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, he's going to come back as a 30-year-old quarterback who hasn't played a game of football in a year and a half next season. Supposedly, if he, if he does the surgery, he misses the whole season. His knee is going to be a question mark you know, going forward. And so what what do you do in this situation if you're the Miami Dolphins, Brain? Well, first you have to let it play out. I mean, well, actually, even before you let it play out, I think if you're Ryan Tannehill, and, and I wonder how much the contract situation has to factor into the decision that he's going to make. Look, it's it's very easy for me, somebody who's not in Ryan Tannehill's shoes, who's not a doctor either, um, but is not set to, you know, make that much money or possibly lose that much money. It's hard for me to sit here and say what Ryan Tannehill should do, whether he should get the surgery, whether he should not get the surgery. Again, I'm not a doctor. But what I've done is I've read and I've listened to things from physical therapists and from doctors and from other people in the know. And the general consensus seems to be when it comes to a partial tear of the ACL, which is what Ryan Tannehill suffered last year, there are two approaches. Number one, you can get surgery, and we know that you're talking like a year, year and a half recovery. Um, or you can rehab it. You can do the stem cell thing, and that's the route that they went. But once that knee is shown to be unstable, like it's not a question about whether or not the, the ACL fully heals – or whatever, but my understanding of it is that it's all about knee stability. And once the knee is proven to be unstable, you just need to have the surgery. It's just, it's not going to ever be fully stabilized without getting the surgery. And the worst thing that he could do, in in my eyes, is not get the surgery. Yes, I uh, rehab, well, rehab, agree. rehab, and then, you know, let's say he comes back. Let's say, you know, Cutler gets hurt or Cutler and Moore are playing and either one of them gets hurt or both of them get hurt or they're just not playing well. And Tannehill is pronounced healthy and he comes out and he gets injured again and he injures the same knee again yeah. because now you're in November, December and he's getting the surgery again, and now he's not just missing the rest of this season, but he's now out the rest of next season, and now there's for sure 
you know, there's also this impending situation with his contract right. where the Dolphins have a team option after this year that they can cut Ryan Tannehill and only have $4.6 million of dead cap space, or they can keep him on the roster and he makes close to $20 million. So if this is a guy who comes back in December and gets hurt again and then needs to get surgery, I mean, he's losing a ton of money. Yes. Now, granted, now, granted. The other way he could go is he could get surgery and Jay Cutler can play really well and Matt Moore or Matt Moore could play really well and the Dolphins could look at it and say, do we want to pay Ryan Tannehill $20 million when we have a solid quarterback and we're a playoff team? Uh, and we have a potential out in this contract and he hasn't played in a year and a half. Exactly. And so he's in this conundrum, but in either of those situations, the one thing that I would say for Tannehill is in that situation, if that's the way it should go and the dolphins cut him, at least he can say, I've got a fully surgically repaired knee the doctors say I'm good to go. Other guys have come back from this. And the last thing we remember from Ryan Tannehill is the best stretch of his career and a guy in the still in the prime of his career. And he will get signed somewhere as a starting quarterback. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I think from Ryan Tannehill's perspective, I really think that that's the way that that he's got to go. But he may look at it and say, well, here's one other scenario that could happen. Let's say I don't get the surgery and I rehab and I miss the first eight weeks of the season. And in those eight weeks, I, I the, the Dolphins are four and four or three and five and they're kind of scuffling, but they're not out of the playoffs. And I'm healthy and I come at and I come back and I'm healthy and I outplay the other two quarterbacks. Maybe I get the Dolphins to the to the playoffs. Now I have secured my spot at the top of the depth chart. I have secured my spot going forward to earn the rest of this money. There is no doubt that I am a franchise quarterback. And that's the best case scenario for Ryan Tannehill. And honestly, that's the best case scenario for the Miami Dolphins, because otherwise, look, no matter how good Jay Cutler plays this season, he's 34 years old. No matter what, even if the Dolphins decide that they're going to go forward with him into 2018 and 2019. They're going to have an eye on the future and they've got to draft themselves a quarterback. But if Ryan Tannehill comes back at the end of this year and plays really well, then the Dolphins don't need to draft a quarterback. They have their quarterback and that's the hope. But I mean, that's a hell of a roll of a dice of the dice. Right. For so, Ryan Tannehill to make. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a really tricky situation, sort of any way you look at it. Um, but regardless we know that the Dolphins have signed Jay Cutler, and that's going to be what it is. And we're going to see how it all plays out in training camp. Uh, you know, because the fact, look, look, the fact of the matter is, there's a very, there's a good chance that Jay Cutler shows up at camp and and he, he stinks up the joint, as you said. And in that case, the Dolphins are going forward with Matt Moore as the starting quarterback, and 
Jay Cutler's getting $10 million to wear a baseball cap on the sideline and hold a clipboard. Uh, and you know what? If that's what it is, then that's what it is. Uh, you know, I think if you look at it big picture, this is a Dolphin team that was going to need everything to fall just right. Like, they were going to really need everything to break exactly their way and to go wrong for a couple other teams, really, in order to make any kind of deep run in the postseason. Be, you know, listen, I'm I'm high on the Dolphins, much higher on the Dolphins now than I was at the beginning of last season. And I think anybody who's a Dolphin fan that has followed this team for a while finds themselves in that position. But I think if you look at it realistically and you look at that division, you look at, despite what, what somebody said and was talking to us on Twitter today where he was convinced that Tom Brady was going to hit a wall in the middle of this season. And hey, it's possible. But at the end of the day, you have to look at that New England Patriots team and think that they are the odds-on favorite to win the AFC East. Um, and they were the odds-on favorite to win the AFC East even before Tannehill get, got hurt. You know, And this was a situation where the Dolphins were going to need everything to break their way in order to even be in a position to maybe win that division. But I think you're looking at a possibility of this team going 11-5 and five and still ending up as... The, the five seed in the AFC playoffs because the, the New England Patriots are a good team and they have only gotten better in the offseason, which is a terrifying thought. But, you know, it is what it is. So it's things are going to play out the way that they're going to play out. And I think if, if nothing else, the Dolphins are going to be exciting to watch just because if Jay Cutler is the quarterback, you really have no idea what you're going to be looking at from on a week to week basis. It could it could turn out that he ends up being great and that the team ends up playing really good football or it could end up being train wreck bad. But you know, either way, it's going to be interesting to watch and then you've got the Tannehill situation as it proceeds as well. We're going on the uh on the assumption at this point that Tannehill's going to miss substantial time, uh whether he elects to get surgery or not remains to be seen. Um I feel like he's going to make that decision. He's If he's going to have the surgery, he's got to make that decision sooner rather than later. Because as you said, he doesn't want to get himself into a situation where he's looking at missing time next season as well. Well, well not only that, not only that, but uh, it's a substantial move for the Dolphins. Yeah, because, because, yeah. because you're talking about a roster spot. Because if he decides not to get the surgery, then you're not putting him on IR, which means... That that means you're carrying three quarterbacks, which was not the plan when Tan when it was just Tannehill and Matt Moore. The plan was you're carrying two quarterbacks. Uh, if you're carrying three quarterbacks, meaning Tannehill is not going on IR, then that is an extra roster spot that is being taken up, which uh, you know means that you're taking some depth away from another position, whether that's a linebacker or a, a, an extra player in the secondary or an extra player, like an extra D tackle. Um, because those are positions where there are, uh, at least reportedly, uh, there are some battles to, to secure the last few spots on the right. depth chart. And right. those become even more a premium if the Dolphins decide uh, not to put Ryan Tannehill on IR and they carry three quarterbacks. Right. So 
it's it's something that we're going to be keeping an eye on and we'll of course update you with everything that we've heard when we uh do our next episode of the show here uh later this week so uh that's going to wrap us up for this emergency edition it's funny it's only our second actual episode but this is the emergency episode because jay cutler news broke uh and we we decided we didn't want to wait basically an entire week before we did a show we wanted to jump on it as soon as we could so we're recording this on sunday evening as the news broke probably about uh eight hours ago when we so. do this in post-production are, are you gonna add some some sirens because this is the emergency it's not a special edition it is an emergency show are we gonna put like like the just just like a long tone like this is like the emergency broad like beep you know this is a message from your emergency broadcast system the dolphins have signed Ryan Tannehill if you're in low lying or have signed Jay Cutler if you're in low lying areas here's, here's the thing watch out for a quarterback with a sour puss here's the thing and a cigarette hanging out of his mouth right uh here's the thing um if i did that the people would already know by the time they got to this part of the show. And the other thing is, no. Fair w- enough. Wasn't going to do that. Fair enough. Why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. I'm also tweeting from our our show's official Twitter, at Same Old Dolphins. Yeah, we're, we're both tweeting from at Same Old Dolphins. Uh, we're, we're trying to remember to tag the posts when we tweet uh if aaron posts uh it'll be tagged with an a if 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 it's me it'll be tagged with a j uh, yeah, we're bad at that we're, we've been very bad at that early on so some people are confused as to who they're arguing with on twitter but we're, we're, here's, we're, here's the thing we're if trying to keep if doing it's it. negative it's probably me it's probably the brain if it's if it's overly optimistic and syrupy and 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 you think, oh, you know, this is uh, like a feel-good Dolphins post, then it, then it's probably Josh. Which is funny because once the season starts, I am not usually uh, positive, but I'm trying to trying to trying to work on that. Um, as I said on Twitter earlier today, if you're a Miami Dolphin fan, and I am, I assume if you are listening, you know, 40 minutes into this show, that you are. There is nothing you want more than Jay Cutler to win the NFL's Comeback Player of the Year award. I think if that happens, that means we've had a pretty good season as Dolphin fans. Uh, You can follow Bad Bruno, who provided uh, the incredible punk rock version of the Miami Dolphins fight song. Uh, You can follow them on Twitter at BadBrunoPunk. Uh, they're also on Instagram with the same name at Bad Bruno Punk. You can follow my my shoot Twitter account uh, at or my my personal Twitter account, which is at Amplified to Rock. You can follow that on Twitter as well. You can subscribe to the show, the same old Dolphin Show. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, we hope that you will follow us and like us and leave us reviews and comments and interact with us. Uh, This is a brand new show. We're just trying to get it off the ground. So uh, we understand that listenership starts out small. That's the way it works. But ideally, you are liking what you're hearing and you're talking to your friends and neighbors and colleagues at work and everybody that you know, your grandmother, your dog, 
your cousins, etc. You get what I'm trying to say. And you're telling them, hey, I've been listening to this cool new Dolphins podcast called The Same Old Dolphin Show. Uh, you should really check it out and leave us a positive review on iTunes. And if you do that, then, you know, the, the, the size of the listenership will grow. And that's, that's obviously the goal here. So we'd appreciate your help. We appreciate you listening. And we appreciate uh, appreciate you interacting with us on all of our various social media platforms. Uh, so that's going to wrap us up for this week. We'll talk to you later this week, and we'll have some actual uh, Jay Cutler football stuff to talk about, I assume, by Thursday. So uh, thanks for listening to us, everybody, and we will catch you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Miami.